0: You are listening to the breakfast show on Faith FM right across Australia. You've got your 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 person. Oh man, I'm go on. My name is Lawson
1: yes it is your name is monica
0: (laughs) and you are listening in our second hour it is now hit 8 a.m and it is beautiful and sunny here i said this in the first hour of the show but it is amazing Uh, it is amazing weather we are definitely excited as we have an amazing conference coming up in our area called ayc which is going to be incredible but right now we are going to get into another clue for the quiz
1: Another clue for the quiz, is it, Lawson?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: It's not another clue for the
0: quiz. It is a clue.
1: You just got talked to about this from (laughs) TJ Shell. It is a clue for the quiz. Please give a test one. Okay. This is our next quiz. Mm -hmm. And every blank fled away and the mountains were not found. Revelation 16.20. What is the blank? And every blank fled away and the mountains were not found. Revelation 16.20. Mm, heavy stuff mm-hmm. alright
0: if you know the answer 0491 is the number to call or text and if you call or text that number with the correct answer you will go into the draw to win our prize for this morning which is not just this morning but for this week which is food as medicine by Sue Rad go into the draw to win this amazing healthy uh, vegan incredible tasty cookbook get your name in the draw if you get the answer correct man, you'll win well, you have to get the answer correct and get the draw, but you will win. Give them that clue one more time or that quiz, that quiz, I should say. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and every blank fled away and the mountains were not found. Revelation 16, 20.
0: Nice. Hey, I've got a few text messages coming in. First one here, lionfish. They're actually ver- a very beautiful looking fish. Their toxicity is similar to cobra venom, but wow. they are not an aggressive fish. The meat of the lionfish is excellent in both taste and texture. Pure white uh, filler? Filer? It can grow up to 18 inches. A lionfish leather sneaker retails for $325. Also used for leather bags, watch straps, and ladies' bags. Beautiful colors. Man, this person has done their research on lionfish products. And, yeah, I want some lionfish shoes. Yeah. They're just... Out of my price
1: range,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, are they like a sports jogger, like, or are they kind of like a?
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know what's? I want to know whether or not the uh, the stripes, the, the sort of like typical lionfish stripes, or not those are retained. In I that hope style. so. Yeah,
0: because that's that's exactly what I want. I want to tell people that my fish that my feet have lionfish on them, but them f- to actually see. Yeah. Definitely. We have another text message here. Putin is working for the new world order. Whew. Religion has always been used for war. The papacy is in charge. It's called playing, play acting demonic style. Open your eyes and we will see this war is being used for the destruction of the world, uh, ec- the world's economic system, getting ready for the reset, not only of the systems, but of our lives. These people don't care about how many people die and suffer to achieve their goals. Welcome to the last days and the truly new world order. But don't worry, Jesus is coming. And definitely the last sentiment I agree. And, and now to, you know, I, I I'm not super up on, you know, understanding the the new world or of course I understand what the concept of the new world order is yeah. but in terms of like the all the players and and how it plays out and how it works all I know is that people are suffering and people are dying and the only option that we have is to Go back to Christ. Amen. And this is what we were discussing yesterday on the show as well. The only option that we have is to turn back to Christ in the time that we're in. And an, another text message has come in that's very much related to this idea. Earthquake in Afghanistan, 1,500 people dead. And how sad is that? Unfortunately, in a matter of minutes, our lives can change dramatically. Let's pray for them and consider our daily blessings. And definitely, I can say that we are so blessed here in Newcastle to, well, here in Australia, the way that we, the ability that we have to practice faith, even though in, in some certain regions and sectors right now, we see kind of clamping down against faith taking place. But uh, for the most part, we are free to practice our religion as we believe it. And so praise the Lord for that. But we need to pray for these people who are struggling to do so on the other side.
1: It's It really is something that we should be giving thanks for and being grateful for every day, mm. that we still have those religious freedoms.
0: And so, yeah, I definitely agree with this text message. These people are in desperate need of our prayers, and we should be praying for them. And also, there are a number of different ministries who are reaching out to these kinds of people. So, shout out to a ministry that we are involved in with here at Faith FM, Voice of the Martyrs. If you want to head over to their website, uh, I think it's vom.org.au, and you can get all kinds of information of how they are helping Christians in areas like Afghanistan and, you know, helping with religious persecution and, uh, you know, all kinds of persecution that's taking place in those areas. That is all the text messages for today. Thank you so much for sending your thoughts in but Monica
1: I'm so surprised we didn't have a, uh, a text message with something to do with mushrooms <laughs> why not
0: we didn't even talk about mushrooms
1: and we oh but have you have mushrooms. a reputation
0: yeah, somebody this... always
1: has a go about mushrooms
0: that, that's
1: right <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I can just have a go about mushrooms <laughs> I <laughs> ate them recently and they were good <laughs> You're disgusting. You know, speaking of fake, <laughs> fake meats, another awesome fake meat is you get a big old portobello mushroom, fry that thing up and chuck it in a burger.
1: I'm, I'm not even going to qualify you by responding.
0: Wow, that's tough. Yeah. But hey, let's get into... By the way, me and Monica are friends, if you couldn't tell <laughs> that. We're actually very good friends. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into a Bible study this morning. And this is actually our, the very last study that we'll be doing on the book of Genesis. Oh, That's it. It's wow. done. It's over. We've, we've basically gotten to the end. Well, we, we haven't covered a, f- a few of the last chapters. Essentially, we've got... You know, we're, at, we're up to chapter 47, and there are 50 chapters in the book of Genesis. But what I wanted to do is just do some skimming of kind of the last things that take place. We saw last week that... Uh, well, not last week, yesterday. That essentially, Pharaoh and Joseph have... Well, Joseph has, you know, told Pharaoh about his family or it's been let known Pharaoh has been clued into the fact that Joseph has a family and Pharaoh said, Hey, bring them all down to Egypt. You need to, because there's this terrible famine that you yourself prophesied and you should get them out of the land of Canaan because they're probably all going to die. And Joseph is like, Pharaoh, thank you so much. And he also gives them a land that they can stay in the land of Goshen, which is a place where they can go and live and breed livestock and do their thing, you know, live as shepherds, as Hebrews usually did, which uh, Egyptians despised them for, but they very much provided a, a necessary service for Egypt, and they were Joseph's family, who was the second highest ranking official in the entirety of the Egyptian empire at that time, so things have worked out good for them. Now, Jacob and all the family come back to Egypt, they rock up. And Joseph sees them walking in and meets Jacob, his father, for the first time in about 20 years. And they have this very tearful and emotional and beautiful exchange. And everything's kind of being explained, but it's all, gee, it's all okay. But then we come to chapter 47, and we see here just outlining and detailing some of what Joseph will need to do. So part of his role of how he'll need to kind of get his people ultimately through this famine that's taken place. So let's read in chapter 47. And do you want to just pick it up for us in verse 13 and just start reading from there?
1: Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up and people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph Our money is gone, they cried, but please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. Joseph replied, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for all your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food. In exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys, Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended and the next year they came again and said, We cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is God and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die and so the land does not become empty and desolate. Awesome,
0: awesome. Yeah. Okay. Are they in a desperate situation they are here? They're
1: in a bind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They are struggling. And I think ultimately, though, what we can see, we need to consider two parts of this. Firstly, the incredible success of Joseph, okay? Because this famine had the potential to ravage everyone. It's like everyone in the land of Egypt and everyone in the land of Canaan has been ravaged by famine, and particularly focus on the, the land of Canaan. Like, they have had no answer to this famine whatsoever. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Actually, Monica, just real quick before we continue on, I've just gotten a text message. Oh, no. It says, Haha ha, Mon, I thought about sending something in, but I wasn't <laughs> sure if, you he- if I heard you write about eating cat litter. <laughs> you know mushrooms taste better. <laughs> it wasn't cat litter, it was cat food. But that is still gross. And I agree with the text message.
1: Is that Brendan or something? It's Braden. Braden!
0: Braden, classic.
1: Ring that guy's neck. (laughs) But yeah, you got me there. I did eat cat food.
0: (laughs) I love how how you said cat litter. (laughs) (laughs) That now, that is gnarly. That is.
1: Cat kibble. Cat kibble. Come on now. It's crunchy, it's pretty flavorsome. (laughs) <laughs> it only happened when we visited my grandma and I was sneaking around the corner and eating her cat's cat food.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna like jump on Canvas <laughs> soon as the show finishes and just make memes out of this. Like it's gonna be hilarious. I'm
1: sure I'm not the only kid who ate pet food. I never did. Did you have a pet? Yes. Oh, okay. But did he get wet food or dry food? Both. Oh, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: neither did any of my sisters. And yeah, I think you're alone in this. You don't
1: boat. know that. Make up Come on, someone who's eaten pet food, join <laughs> <Yeah>. me. In. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, we're reading this story, and we've seen okay. All of the land of Canaan and Egypt are languishing in famine, and this could have came upon Egypt in the palace and Pharaoh as well. But because of Joseph's success, like, because of Joseph's foreknowledge and his, you know, vision from God and his information that he's been given by God to be able to get him through, and his management of Egypt as well, he's basically created in Pharaoh, like, the single most wealthiest person in the world. Like, I I don't necessarily know how this works economically. I'm not, like, an economic expert. But... Would money then become... Well, I guess it wouldn't become inflated because there's not more money. It's just that ev- it's all gone. You have
1: to be reduced to like a barter system after this, which is what they do next. They barter their livestock. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what happens to a society when they suddenly have no money?
0: Yeah, well, but because all the money is owned by the king. Yeah. And so... Like, do you think
1: this was an ethical... Like, I, I have ethical problems with this.
0: Yeah, well, so what I see going on here is that... If Joseph hadn't put this system in place, everyone would die.
1: True, yeah.
0: Regardless. Like, Mm. regardless, like, every single person in Egypt and Canaan would have died, including Joseph, including Pharaoh, including their families. But they've set up a system that worked, partially.
1: Right. I'm I'm interested to see how it pans out, like what happens in the rest of the the verses here, because right now it does sound like they're being fleeced. That's right. Like, when the famine's over, they're going to be left with nothing, but they're going to be in slavery.
0: Yeah, I think the important thing to know is that, like, it does seem a little bit like extortion. Like, you know, (laughs) like when we, you know, you watch the mafia movies or whatever. Like, if this
1: happened in this day and age, like, he would have been, like...
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the so like the American government would stop this. He has right now. He has total control of a particular sector, which is food, and like and now that is that's called a monopoly. And so I think it's the FCC in the United States. Like they actively engage in legislation that stops monopolies from existing. And they will like block buyouts of certain companies from other companies. Like, like right now, if Microsoft tried to buy Sony or something like that, like they would probably stop a transaction like that unless Sony stock plummeted because, or if Apple tried to buy Microsoft because Apple's worth more money, like, like, they would stop a transaction like that because it would ultimately create a monopoly and they have anti-monopoly laws in the United States. Yeah. But right now a monopoly's being created. Yeah. The but, only- we,
1: but we know Joseph is a good guy, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah.
0: And I think that this this plan that he's made has come from good intentions. Like yeah. all of these people would be dead if not for Joseph. So that's the first thing to consider. But yes, then the next thing to consider is, well, the system has served its purpose up until this point in which no one actually has money to buy food with. And I'm sure throughout this time, the rate at which food would have been bought and sold for probably would have reduced and probably prices would have been adjusted. We know that because they're like, we don't even have money. We'll give you something less valuable at this time, our livestock. And the reason livestock would have been less valuable is because livestock just in general would have been less good. Like the livestock, if if the people are starving, then the livestock is starving as well. So it just would have been yeah, less good, less, you know, less valuable and so definitely the price of food has gone down at by this point but it's like how does joseph solve this problem because he's created a monopoly where essentially the people are now completely indebted to joseph to even live to the point where they're like we will sell ourselves into slavery to joseph to solve this problem like that is our only option to just become slave. because if joseph and the pharaoh have all the money and they have all the food all we can do is to just be slaves. That's the only option that they have at this point. I'm going to continue reading on. I think we pick it up in verse 20, where the Bible says here, Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was so severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. So now people have they've run out of money. They've run out of Livestock, they've run out of land. So no one owns any asset. And now from this point forward, we pick it up in verse 21. It says, and as for the people, he moved them into cities from one end to the end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. For the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have brought you and your land for Pharaoh this day. Look, here is seed for you. You shall go and sow in the land. So essentially, Joseph because of this system has created a bit of a a workforce to increase the production of food for the land of Egypt. Because what's been happening so far is like, okay, Egypt, the government of Egypt of which Pharaoh and Joseph are at the top of have been creating, like making their own food and they've been harvesting their own food and then distributing to people from, from other parts of Egypt and from the land of Canaan. But now all these people have no food left and they have no land. And They have nothing to trade with. So it's like, okay, what we're going to do? Joseph is like, we are going to give you a job, and your job is to make food so that you won't starve for everyone. That's that's essentially what's it's happening.
1: Like with-
0: <clears throat> yeah, he's cr- essentially created a workforce. Sorry,
1: so he's basically, like, rallied the troops and he's, like, sort of made a concentrated effort and he's made gotten everyone together yeah. to work on the project together. So it's going be more effective, I reckon.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely so. And I guess the, the question of, like, oh, is Joseph just fleecing these people? You know, I think for the success of Pharaoh and Joseph and his family and Pharaoh's family and their officials and their priests here, as we see, who get rationed and whatnot. Like, he could go full just evil mode and just let these people die. And it's like, oh, less people, less need for food,
1: less mouths. Yeah. Less
0: mouths, we're chilling. But actually, what Joseph does is he creates a. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a work for the doll kind of system. It's like, hey, it's like, oh, oh, work, yeah, work for food. Like, essentially, it's like, all right, like no one has food, no one has money, like we don't even have the ability to feed you. So what we're going to do is enable you to live. By giving you the ability, so you have sold your lands and now we're going to turn all that land into farmland and we are going to enable you to grow your own food and live a self-sustaining life.
1: And I would hazard a guess that this was done at a time when usually the next step would be death.
0: Literally, that's all they had. Yeah. Like, they they couldn't eat their livestock. Like, all they've got is dirt. Like, literally, all these people have to their name at this point is dirt. And by dirt, I mean their land. Mm -hmm. Like, and what's land worth if there's nothing growing on it it's worth nothing yeah and so joseph is like hey well we've stored up all the seed because you know that was what i was employed to do to save you guys Mm -hmm. and now i'm giving you a job so he gives them this job uh do you want to read for us from verse let's read 23 to 26
1: then joseph said to the people look today i have brought you and your land For Pharaoh, I will provide you with seeds so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. Just
0: before you continue on. Okay, so all of these people have now been drafted into this huge farming effort to enable them to not die. And the question is, you know, are they happy about this to now be employees of the government? Let's read verse 25 and 26.
1: You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt that Pharaoh should receive one-fifths of all the crops grown on his land. Only the land belonging to the priest was not given to Pharaoh.
0: This is awesome. Like, what we see here is, yeah, like, I feel like in the initial reading of this passage, I think this is a passage that, like, Bible critics or skeptics could say, oh, the Bible is in support of monopolies and the Bible is in support of extortion of people and of hoarding wealth and of lopsided governments. But ultimately, what do the people say? Oh, Joseph, we're all dying and you've saved our lives.
1: He saved an entire population. Literally. Like an entire population.
0: Yeah. And so when we see Joseph, like Joseph not only because he exclaims to his family, as we discussed yesterday, he exclaims to them, I was sent to Egypt to save you guys. Now he saved everyone. The Egyptians, the Canaanites. He has literally saved everyone from death. This is amazing the way that God has worked through Joseph. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. right now, we are going to get into our final clue for the quiz. Have you got that not for us? Not the
1: final more? clue. <laughs> we're, we've got to eek this out of you. It's no longer clues for all the one answer. It is multiple answers. Different different answer every single question. The final quiz. Let's not, conf- let's not confuse for our dear day. listeners. Our Actually. dear, beloved, mushroom-loving listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huzz and buzz were nephews of which patriarch...
0: That's awesome And
1: I just want to say If anyone has two dogs And needs to name them Hus and Buzz Uh, Might be your answer uh, H-U-Z And B-U-Z How great is that Buzz
0: is such an epic name How do you spell that
1: I just did H-U-Z And B-U-Z
0: Yeah I'm just wondering If that's where they get Like Buzz Aldrin from Or something like that You know
1: uh, who knows? I've personally the, have never B-U-Z. heard. Z. i W. I've personally never heard these names out of the Bible. So there you go. Learn something new every day. Huzz and Buzz were the nephews of which patriarch? Give us a text or a call. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And please excuse my husky tones today. I am still recovering from some sort of. Mm. sugar-induced (laughs) illness.
0: so what we're gonna do now we basically have about seven minutes of the entire book of genesis left and then and then we're done with it
1: three chapters
0: yeah Mm. so obviously we're not going to be able to to read through those three chapters but let's pick up some highlights here from each of these three chapters well firstly like joseph has saved the entirety of egypt Yeah. Incredible. Like, his family, Canaan, Egypt, everyone has been saved. Like, I think you could consider, like, the known world at that time, which is in famine, has been saved as as a result of God blessing Joseph and putting him in the position that he is. This is, like, an amazing way to end this story. Because didn't
1: God give him the dreams about um, storing up the, the seed? That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: God has been with him the whole time. Like, since he's been sold as a slave to Egypt, like, it's all led to this moment where... Joseph comes from being a spoiled brat turned into a slave into literally, like, the savior of the world. Which is, I feel like there is such very deep parallels there very to so. what we see, you know, Jesus Christ himself choosing, mm-hmm. are, are we calling Joseph Jesus Christ? No, Joseph is a dude. But what it shows us is, like, Joseph came from very humble beginnings, well, I think not humble No, beginnings. he came from
1: pretty luxurious beginnings. Luxurious beginnings,
0: beginnings yeah. then was very humbled. What we see is like a, a sinner like Joseph, you know, someone who is faulty, who is vulnerable, who is just like you and me, like being used by God to become this amazing person who could do so much. But then the ultimate example of that is what God would do through Christ, right? And it's like Christ's humble beginnings wasn't that he was a sinner. It was that he was Well, very luxurious beginnings. Christ was God. Mm -hmm. And then Christ became a human, a human person who lived in the most humblest of settings as a peasant in a place called Nazareth, who went on through his actions to to self-sacrifice to save the world. Yeah. Indeed. I, I feel like there's just such amazing parallels here type. in yeah. He's a type, totally. And we see a number of types throughout the Bible, whether it's Joseph, whether it's Moses, you know, these people who are acting in faith. And you can go to Hebrews chapter 11. You can read all about it, you know, how the Bible talks about each one of these incredibly faithful people. And uh, it has an extensive, well, not extensive, it has, you know, a couple verses about Joseph and the things that he did. And it's really amazing to see, like, the capstone of his life following God is like, oh, so what did I Achieve in my tenure as an advisor to the king. Oh, I literally saved the entirety of Egypt from fam- famine. Like no one died. Like they all lived because of how God blessed me, and that is something that he will attribute to God until he dies and for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to meet Joseph in heaven and talk with him, and it's going to be so incredible.
1: Yeah, very incredible. From this
0: point forward, Joseph then. Uh, his Jacob blesses Joseph's sons just before he dies. Joseph's sons, they're named uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they actually become Joseph isn't a tribe of Israel, but Manasseh and Ephraim become tribes of Israel. So they kind of sneak in there, and they uh, yeah they're kind of joined onto this twelve tribe system that later comes. Now uh, Jacob he says a bunch of stuff in chapter forty nine, and then eventually he passes away. And, uh, he, he dies and it's kind of like the end of his story of which I would say the majority, not the majority, but the, like Jacob is the figure where we have the most information on in the book of Genesis and his death, you know, with his sons being protected in Egypt. It's, it's a nice way to, to go out ultimately, like, you know, he, he could have, died a sad man, but he died a happy man with his family. And again, we have to reflect on, you know, what was the catalyst of bringing this all together? It was the faithfulness of Joseph. Now, Jacob passes away, and from this point forward, they bury Jacob, and Joseph and his brothers are kind of getting together. They're reassuring each other. But let's have a read of, actually, the last couple of verses of the book of Genesis. Let's read Genesis. We're going to read chapter, tw- uh, sorry, chapter 50, 22 to 26. Do you want to read that for
1: us? So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of a hundred and ten. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim, and he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son Machir, whom he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers. God but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt.
0: Mm. So he truly gets a uh, an Egyptian burial here. Like, he yeah. gets mummified. But we see here, like... Is Joseph, you know, coming to the end of his life as, you know, this whole story, this whole saga has played out where they've gone to Egypt. Does he come to the end of his life and he's like, all right, guys, like, we're just going to be Egyptians now.
1: Do you know what? These, I feel like these verses is where, where like all Hollywood gets their cliffhanger ending for season two because this is such a setup for the next book. He doesn't like he doesn't want to stick around in Egypt. He's like, take my bones out of this place. And then he dies and you're like, what happens next? Did his bones stay in Egypt?
0: So I've actually preached a sermon before that was called The Bible Season 2 and it's about <laughs> the next book of the Bible. It's about Exodus. It was like an overview of what happened in the book of Exodus. That's great. And it was called The Bible Season 2 and I started off By reading these verses, by seeing that okay, this saga has taken place, and particularly when we look at when we reflect on the entire book of Genesis, we're starting at the beginning of creation, and we're ending with, but we still need to make it to the promised land, Mm. and and between that time, there's been sin. There's been this, you know, great plan that God has come up with. Ultimately, as we've seen throughout the generations of the patriarchs, God's commu- what God is trying to communicate to them is that I have selected you to bring into the world your savior, and so that's that's why Joseph. I, we actually had a text message that just came in that said, uh, "Oh." It was, uh, I think actually someone heard what I, was, what I was saying wrong. It's like, have you considered that God gave the wisdom to Joseph to solve the problem? And uh, absolutely. Yeah, like, that's absolutely what, what we're trying to say. Like God enabled Joseph. God was the one who literally told Joseph what to do. But all of this was pointing forward to, well, hey, we need to get back to the land of Canaan to establish Israel. And what's going to happen when we establish Israel? The Messiah will come. And not only will we be saved from famines in Egypt, we'll be saved from sin. We'll be saved from death. We'll be saved from suffering. And and yeah, we reflect on this book and it's like humanity has given up everything. They've given up everything for sin and death and suffering. And through the lives of these patriarchs, we see them slowly start to gain it back. We see God just working in each one of these imperfect people to slowly bring his people back to him. And this is this is just in the first book. And so we finish off here with these illusions of, let's go back to Canaan. Let's really save the world. And praise the Lord for that, because we are here in 2022, talking about it to this day. Hey. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have come to the section of the show where we read out all the answers to the quiz today. So it is right here for you, Monica. Read those for us.
1: How many criminals were crucified with Jesus at Golgotha? It was two. The town that was home to Jesse and his boys was Bethlehem. Jesse's boys? Mm-hmm. The baking product that was banned from Israel homes for an entire week during Passover celebrations was leaven. The verse in Revelation sixteen twenty read like this, and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And Huzz and Buzz were the nephews of which patriarch? It was Abraham. Hey,
0: so we have someone who has been doing phenomenally well with the quiz. Ooh. In fact, up yesterday they were 15 for 15. Wow. And up until the, set, the, the last question, they were 19 for 19. But they dropped the ball on the last <gasps> question. We got them. So they have 19 out of 20 entries into the quiz. So if you haven't entered the quiz, if you haven't answered any question correctly, you're going to need to catch up guys. But still, hey, I want to remind you the first time that we've done our uh, spinny wheel kind of draw quiz, which was in, whoa, when, when did we start doing that? About a month and a half ago. The person who won in the first week had only a single entry that they, you like that they entered with on Friday.
1: Oh, wow, last minute entry.
0: So that means that it is possible for you to win too. But, yeah, shout-out Elizabeth, who has been absolutely faithful faithful to the quiz. But right now it is I like, time for...
1: I was going to say, I like how you um you call poor Elizabeth out when she makes one mistake. I'm yeah. sorry, Elizabeth, we shouldn't have done that name no, and shame. No, we should. We should. Elizabeth. But good on you. Elizabeth, 19 out of 20 is amazing. Elizabeth, top Elizabeth top
0: we only accept perfection here, so get
1: better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but right now it is time for... Okay, Lyle, well, today our question of the day is very related to what we were studying in our Bible study, uh, which is essentially, you know, we have this call from God to go out and to do ministry, you know, to be his ministers, to go out and yes. make disciples, all these different things. But what if, you know, you feel as though you're not worthy, you're not close enough to
2: God, you don't know your Bible enough, maybe you're too new? What, what is? I find what people doing? that have been in church their entire life who have this Feeling or impression about themselves, and it has completely stymied them as a Christian. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. First of all, uh, this one comes from John chapter one, where the Bible says, uh, verse 43. The following day, Jesus would go into Galilee and finds Philip and said to him, "Follow me." Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, This is like the next day, and said to him, "We have found of found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. So here you've got somebody who's been with Jesus for like a day, Mm. maybe a little bit more, but not much more. Mm. He's been with Jesus a very short space of time. He goes to Nathanael and he's like, we found the Messiah. Ah, Philip is a more easily convinced person. Nathanael's like, okay, who's this? Jesus of Nazareth? And Nathanael's like, Nazareth? Seriously? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm. And Philip says, come and see. I love how he doesn't even give him a Bible study either. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Moses talked about him. Doesn't, get, doesn't, doesn't go into a Bible study. Doesn't go into any defense. Does not defend Jesus. He just says, come and see. Mm. And you can do that. Mm. Anyone can do that. You as an individual, you can do that today. You can talk about Jesus. You can say, Jesus is amazing. And when they say, why? You say, come and see. Mm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just try it out. Don't argue with them. Just try it out. So there's one example. Here's another example, and that is the example of the woman at the well. Mm. So let's think about the woman at the well. She has a relatively short conversation with Jesus. She spends less time with Jesus than what Philip did. Mm. And having spent, well, the conversation that is recorded is all of about five minutes long. There may and probably was more to it than just that short story. But having spent spent that short time with Jesus, she goes back to her town and she tells every single person in the town that she's found the Messiah. Mm. Every single person. And tells them, come and meet the guy. Don't take it on my word, just come and meet the guy. And that is what we have been called to do. Just come and meet Jesus. Mm. That's it. That's all that needs to take place. And so... Sometimes I think that we get, you know, we see some great evangelist and we're like, oh, I could never do that, and so we do nothing. God doesn't ask us to be great evangelists. God asks us to just do simple, simple things. Think about the demoniacs. They're on the beach. They're in Decapolis. They're healed. And then they become missionaries for the next however many years. Mm. The whole region is converted as a result of what they do.